Hello, everyone. This is Keith Cup, founder of Gravitas Impact Premium Coaches, a worldwide community of experienced, skilled advisors who help CEOs and their leadership teams get results and live out their core purpose. Today, we have a special podcast with Brandon Dempsey, the founder of Go Brand Go and many other, other things. Brandon, good morning in St. Louis. Good to see you, my friend. Take a minute and tell us a little bit about Go Brand Go and what you do there. Then I want to get right to the big idea here shortly. Excellent. Uh, to be very quick, Go Brand Go is a marketing firm that works with 25 to $250 million privately held companies whose owners are in their 50s and 60s, making a leadership transition in the next decade or so. They're generally in manufacturing or distribution. They ride a motorcycle, have at least two grandkids, a vacation or timeshare someplace, and they've already invested in strategic planning with a group like Gravitas Impact Premium Coaches. Okay, you've got that nailed as we would expect from a marketing leader. Um, Brandon, this quarter at Gravitas, we're focusing on the seven attributes of agile growth, the attribute of systems. And we find in the mid-market, um, there's not sufficient systems thinking in order to scale companies. And so we wanna bring that to the market we are. And regarding branding and system, what is the relationship between systematization in a company and a company's brand. And maybe talk a little about in our conversation, some examples where we see a disconnect as well as cohesion. Thanks. So this is the topic I love, Keith, because I think systemization around branding and operations is a big missing link for a lot of organizations when they're trying to scale. And so systemization for me is how are we living out what that brand promises? And a brand is nothing more than a standard and having and deciding this is gonna be the standard by which we operate on, whether it be customer experience or quality or whatever, it allows everybody in the organization to align their system creation to that standard. And without setting a standard, obviously people are running in multiple different ways because they don't know what standard we're coming back to. Mm -hmm. What would be an example real quick, Brandon, of a few companies that stand for something in a word or a phrase that our listeners might recognize? So if you think about a company like, and I'm going to use big brands only because, right. not because these are the only companies that are doing it. I have plenty of smaller examples, but big brands are easier for people to know and understand. So when we think of a company like Tesla, right? And Tesla has this brand, if you will, of leading edge technology and innovation. Mm -hmm. And that's why Tesla will release things that aren't quite ready yet for prime time, but they'll push them out. This is why they make wild predictions and are about them being able to have production capacity, but then they run into issues and they work through and they eventually they release the cars and release the features. Mm -hmm. And consumers are okay with that. If you think about when we used to buy a car, consumers used to go to the lot and buy the car off the lot. Now people are pre-ordering or pre-registering for cars three and four years in advance before they even receive the car, right? This is unheard of in the car industry, but people are willing to do that in order to be on that bleeding edge. And Brandon, um, so the big idea here is systemization of the brand will create cohesion and connecting the listeners or the customers, what, what the company stands for. Now, where does that break down and what might be an example of that? So we think about the breakdown. The best example I have is one that's near and dear to mine and probably yours and a lot of other people's hearts. And so I'm gonna talk about a telecommunications company. Communication, telecommunications I'm gonna kind of talk about is a company called Charter. Uh, they have rebranded to Spectrum. I think they had enough people that just didn't like the name Charter, so they rebranded to Spectrum. Mm -hmm. and this is a company who, if you look at their marketing, if you look at their branding and their marketing from the outside, 
they stand for something great. They stand for great customer service, great experience, connecting you and your family over the internet. Like they stand for something great. Now, if you're like myself and many other St. Louisans and you read any feedback about what it's like to interact with Charter, you would have a different experience. Mm -hmm. And for that experience, I have on my ring camera, a service order where a Charter technician comes up throws a hang tag saying, sorry, missed you on my door and runs away. Lily comes up, throws a hang tag and runs away. Wow. And then we get a notice that, you know, after waiting for three hours for the technician to show up, they didn't show up. And so what I think is the, the disconnect here is that they're setting one standard exp expectation in delivering another. Now, contrast this with, let's say, the, the, the one example I like to give that I showed you earlier is the soup Nazi in, in Seinfeld. And a lot mm -hmm. of people are Seinfeld listeners. And in, in uh, the Soup Nazi episode, it's this famous uh, chef who treats everybody like garbage. He treats them, mm -hmm. he doesn't let customers decide what they want to order. He's very rude. And yet there's a line around the block for people to come and get food from this guy called the Soup Nazi. And what ends up happening in the show is that they show up, he treats them like garbage, whatever, and they have a great meal. Now, if people were in line and suddenly they showed up to order a meal and this chef said, oh, how is your day today? Or what can I get you? It'd be a different experience. Mm -hmm. And so I think that that most companies disconnects are not necessarily about promising something great and not delivering it, right. but right. the disconnect is saying, here's the standard, here's the expectation that you should expect and then focused on building systems that deliver to that. And what would be an example of contrast of that? So Charter has the disconnect of, this is what we stand for, and here's the expectation, but here's the reality. What would be an example of a company actually living that out that we could talk about? Yeah, so I think if we come back, we come back to Tesla, and Tesla says, hey, we're going to release technology. We're going to stay on the bleeding edge. We're going to release it as soon as we can. If you watch Elon Musk's tweets, he talks, even right now, he's talking about full self-driving and pushing it out. And then you have people saying, hey, I had this issue. I had this wreck. I had this he's still pushing stuff out. Mm -hmm. And so people are willing to adopt and embrace new technology and new stuff uh, with a Tesla because he set that expectation. It's gonna be new, but it not, might not always work 100%. And people are people are okay with that. Like they're, they're willing to have their car not work, but it's an expectation that he set versus expecting everything's going to be absolutely perfect and then not working. And so let's peel back on a company like Charter where there is a disconnect uh, and there are a lot of companies that have disconnect and they don't do it intentionally. Um, as we peel that back, what's the root issue there? Why would a company have that disconnect? What are they not doing that you would advise our listening audience to make sure you're thinking about so you don't end up in a place where you're disconnected from what you want to stand for. So I think a lot of organizations make, they let marketing make these promises. And marketing's job is to go out and attract net new customers, right? Sales job is to make promises and bring customers in. Marketing's job is to help identify and get people to raise their hand in the marketplace. And when marketing does its job well, marketing is setting the expectations for prospects of, hey, the current service or product you're buying, if it's not meeting your needs, try this product or try this service and it will meet your needs. And so they are setting these expectations. And where I think they miss is not setting expectations that the organizations has systems built to deliver upon. And when the organization is making one marketing promise, but how they operate is completely separate, that's how then you have a disconnect. So when operations embraces, this is what we stand for and this is what we're working on, 
it allows the organization to, uh, to further develop these systems. So to give you an example of a smaller organization, mm -hmm. here in St. Louis, there's a company called Holt Electrical Supplies. And Holt Electrical Supplies was your traditional family-run, family-owned electrical supply company, selling copper wire, tubing, stuff, stuff like that. Right. And as they went through their transformation, they honed in on a concept called the Middle Manifesto. And if you look up Holt Supplies or Holt Electrical Supply, you'll see this great thing on their website that talks about the Middle Manifesto. And the Middle Manifesto, where this came from was that they realized, hey, in the marketplace, we are not the biggest. We don't have the most locations. Mm -hmm. We don't have the most people. We don't have the most delivery trucks. Like, we aren't that. But we do have the most fiercest, hungriest problem solvers of anybody of anybody in the electrical supply business in St. Louis. And so what they released was this thing called the Middle Manifesto. And the Middle Manifesto goes into, are we the biggest? Nope. Do we have the locations? Nope. Do we have the most products? Nope. Again, are we the fiercest, hungriest, most passionate support team in St. Louis? You better believe we are. Here's what we believe. And their first statement says, no BS. Let's cut the BS. Here's what we believe. We don't make stuff. We sell stuff. And so a lot in the electrical supply business, they are literally selling a product that they, they're distributing a product. So they're doing a markup on a markup, right? And so instead of saying, hey, we have the widest reach, we have the most products, which is traditionally how most people go to market, right. they're leaning into, hey, we can't own any of that, but we can own this space around passionate service. And what that's done internally is rewrite and redevelop a whole lot of their systems from their mm -hmm. uh, guys working in the warehouse to their customer service, to their invoicing, to the guys delivering all around this obsession, passionate with what does that customer experience look like? Brenda, let me uh, create an equation. I think, you know, I'm an engineer, I'm a recovering engineer. So I want to give you an equation and have you comment on it. So in the world out there, I think the latest statistic I've seen that when a prospective customer um, encounters a company, 85% of the time it's first with their website, they go to their website, okay, to get to know the company. And so if a company stands for something and they're clear, then they set expectations around the clarity of who they are and what they do and don't do, because I heard you said that's very important. The first impression or experience of that should be stated on the website messaging experience. Is that true, comment on that, and out there, and this is an unfair question, it's what coaches ask, how many companies have actually embraced the equation of in the mid-market, knowing what they stand for and setting the right expectations and then messaging it on the website experience? So I will share with you that very few do it. And uh, it's very few put a message out there that stands for something because of a sense of fear. Mm -hmm. um, hey, if I am a, if I'm going to put this out there that this is who I work with, I don't want someone to think I don't work with them. Right. And what ends up happening is this saying that I've, I've had for the past couple of years with people of generalists get talked to and specialists get paid. Mm -hmm. Generalists get talked to and specialists get paid. So if you think about any health problem you've ever had, you don't want to talk, you, you talk to your general doctor first, but only to get a referral to a specialist. Mm -hmm. Right. If you have any a major health issue, you want to find the best specialist you can. And when you go and see that specialist, do you ask them, hey, how much do you charge? No, that's the last thing on your mind because you're here to solve a problem. And what customers, whether they speak it out loud or not, at the end of the day, customers are willing to pay to solve problems. But most companies try to bland them, water themselves down and make it about price versus saying we stand for something and we're a specialist that serves people like you. 
And when you stand up and say, here's who we work with, here's what we do, here's here's how we play, it allows other people to say, that's what I want, and people come to you. Versus when you don't say that, people hit your website and they say, oh, this guy looks like a general. It's just like every other company I've looked at. Right. Now, the only thing I have to compare them against is price. And you must not be able to solve my problem or your capability of solving my problem is the same capability of all the other competitors I'm looking at. Right. And that now you're at the lowest common denominator, which is price. And uh, eventually nobody really wins on price. Yeah. So, so, so if we had 100 CEOs listening in right now, you could probably um, theoretically look at their websites and you could probably put them in one of two categories. Hey, stand for something, good expectations, well-messaged. Hey, thumbs up, maybe some tune up and then not correct. Absolutely. You could, I think anybody, I think anybody listening to this podcast could do that because you can look at a website and know right away, are they pushing product? Are they pushing services or are they pushing, Hey, here's who we serve and here's what we stand for. Okay. And that may be our call to action a little bit because on these podcasts, we want to, you know, I'm going to ask you in a few minutes, what is a CEO or a C level to do with this? Um, but however, um, comment on the following. Uh, so if, well, what is the financial ROI on getting this right? Okay. So in, in, in either broader or specific terms, if a company goes from being watered down, et cetera, and they invest time, effort, resource, and they get this right, where will we see, where will they see that in measurable ROI or KPI? So speaking, I can speak from experience. So from experience of the companies we've seen that have embraced this and not embraced this concept of branding and systems at a high level, like, okay, we're gonna roll a brand out there, but we're not gonna really change our internal systems. Mm -hmm. The ones that, hey, here's what we're gonna stand for and we're gonna start aligning our internal systems to this standard, right? These companies are experiencing sometimes two, three X top line revenue growth. And this is not companies that are single digit million dollar companies. These are multi-million dollar larger organizations. And again, what happens is they just start saying, here's who we really are. And then people are attracted to them because suddenly we want, like we as humans seek out people to solve our unique problems. The problem is the challenge we all have is identifying who is the specialist out there who can mm -hmm. solve the problem. So if you make it easier for people, they find you. Now, if we think about a company like Tesla, uh, just this past week, there was an infographic that was released uh, that was put out that showed Tesla's advertising spend, not marketing spend. It right. showed their advertising spend versus their R&D spend. Yeah. And it showed $0 in advertising spend and amazing amount of dollars on R&D spend and compared that against Ford, Chrysler, GM, and everything else. Now, what they show is advertising spend was in the hundreds of millions of dollars of these other companies. Yet, if you look at market cap of Tesla, they have the largest market cap of all companies. So theoretically, Tesla is the most valuable car company, right? Yet they spend no money in advertising, right? And I would argue that they Tesla has gotten it right in their marketing plus their systems mm -hmm. equals market dominance. Because if Tesla had great marketing, but the cars were actually junk and they weren't constantly improving or they didn't set the right expectation, no one would buy them. They'd be like Fisker Automotive. They'd be like the GM Chevy Volt, right? It'd be like those cars where they set one expectation and then the company didn't live up to it. But because they've set an expectation from a marketing standpoint and their systems are designed to continue to deliver on it, it has delivered market dominance. So um, back to the equation, you've added to it. Number one, um, know what you stand for. Number two, set expectations clearly. 
um, in multiple channels, the website being the first encounter, and three, align your systems to support what you stand for as you say yes and no. Brandon, uh, boil it all down now, as I said a few moments ago, uh, you know, several CEO, C-level leaders out there across the globe listening to this, and some of them are feeling anx uh, anxious inside right now because they know that they may not be here. What What is a leader to do with uh, our conversation? I think one, one thing that stands in my mind is if I try to be everything to everybody, I'm nothing to nobody. If I try to be everything to everybody, I'm nothing to nobody. But if I focus on being something specific, there's an old saying by a, a guy who used to read a bunch of books on, this guy named Zig Ziglar. And he said, would you rather be a wandering generality or a meaningful specific? Mm -hmm. And this concept of being a meaningful specific has really stuck with me. And so I think when if an organization as a CEO, you can say, hey, here is what here is the spot that we want to own in the marketplace. And a lot of CEOs say we want to own innovation, but then they don't invest any money in R&D or they'll say we want to own customer service. And yet they don't invest any training and they pay minimum wage for the customer success frontline people, right? Like their systems and their actions aren't aligned with what they want to put out in the marketplace. And what, I'm not saying that you should claim to have best customer service, or best prices or whatever. I'm just saying whatever you claim, align your systems to it. So Walmart claims to own lowest price. Well, if you look at their systems, the way they beat up their vendors, the way they beat up their mm -hmm. suppliers, they are adamant about, they're consistent, right? It's all about price. I've, I've read stories about how they go to manufacturers in Asia and say, hey, instead of putting in a resistor the last five years, put one in the last two years and save us some money, right? When their executives and their managers travel, they have to find the cheapest hotel room in the area they travel to and they have to share bedrooms, right? Mm -hmm. Like these stories, of, and they aren't good or bad stories, but it's showing that Walmart Alignment. is adhering in alignment to their standard, right? They've said, we're all about everyday low prices and all of our systems and operations are gonna align these low prices, right? Compare that with Starbucks, who has a consistent, you can get the same tasting cup of coffee no matter where you go in the world, right? And they charge a premium for that cup of coffee, right? $3 for a cup of coffee. So I think as a CEO, my challenge would be what thing, what mountain, what thing do we wanna own in the marketplace that nobody else can push us off of. And when we own it, we're going to align all our systems around this one core concept because this is what we want to own in the customer's mind. Walmart owns price in people's mind, right? Starbucks owns consistency in people's mind, right? Disney owns family experience in people. No one can, Nordstrom owns quality customer service. Nobody can beat, no other department store can beat Nordstrom's on customer service. They own that in people's minds. And so my challenge to CEOs be, what is the pillar? What is the one thing that we want to own in the marketplace? And how do we systematically align our systems to deliver on that? Okay. Brandon Dempsey, founder of Go Brand Go, as well as um, the Conflux Learning Center. Uh, in part two, we're going to go a little bit deeper, audience, in learning about Brandon's story. But just a few sound bites on uh, Conflux and what you've done there in St. Louis. Thanks, Keith. So our marketing firm works with exclusively with manufacturing and distribution organizations. And we saw an interesting phenomenon happen of whenever we got our clients in the room together, which pre-COVID happened a lot more than during COVID. Uh, but they would they all had the same challenges and problems. And when you put non-competing different uh, industry manufacturing distributors in the room together, they would just open up and share wildly. And so they talked about it'd be great if you guys could have this more often. So we thought, well, what if we built, what if we built a 26,000 square foot facility and with Zoom rooms and big event space and a coffee shop and bar, 
And then we brought in subject matter experts and we curated discussion and dialogues for manufacturers and distributors to be able to, and then also have a clubhouse that they could hang out with or have executive meetings mm-hmm. with to run you know, brainstorming sessions at. And that's what we built. So we've been working on this for the past two years. Uh, we were investing two and a half million dollars into this launching of this uh, facility. And our open house is coming up here in the next couple of weeks. Very, very cool. Um, just real quick, Brandon, uh, what facility did you choose to locate that in and why? So we bought the oldest still standing St. Louis City Public School. And it was a school built in 1873, originally built to teach the children of immigrants who were mainly working on the ironclad ships, and they would ship these off of the Mississippi River. And so this was a school built for the children of immigrant manufacturers. And we thought, what better, you know, there is no better place in St. Louis that has more historical significance, because now we see it, this facility coming back to life to service the next generation of leaders in manufacturing and distribution. I love the story. Thank you so much. Brandon MC. I look forward to part two. Everyone, thanks for listening. And join us for part two with Brandon. And uh, Brandon, enjoy your day there in St. Louis. Good to see you, my friend. Take care. Okay. Okay. Hey, everyone. Uh, Keith here, uh, founder and CEO of Gravitas Impact Premium Coaches. We're on part two now with Brandon Dempsey, the founder of Go Brand Go out of St. Louis. Hello again, Brandon. Good to see you, my friend. Now, uh, we just spent part one within the four walls of value relative to systems and branding. Now let's step outside the four walls and let's talk a little bit about your journey. Um, You have a very interesting upbringing and you overcame adversity uh, and then founded Go Brand Go. Tell us just a little bit about that journey. Then I wanna talk about Conflux Learning Center and some other things you're doing in the world of adventure. Uh, So uh, interesting to go there. So from a history standpoint, I guess what I'm comfortable sharing is I basically moved out when I was a very young age and was on my own at a very young age, um, cleaning toilets and scrubbing toilets and taking out the trash at my local high school, uh, which is a private high school, to be able to pay to get myself, pay for my way and get myself through. And then on to college and um, starting my first business. So uh, early on started taking care of myself, taking care of family. And I think that really set in a foundation for me of, hey, I can always figure it out. I can take care of myself. And that made me also completely unemployable, I think, with other people at the same time. Right. And when I think of you, Brandon, I think of someone who has overcome and then also has done great things in the lives of many people. And what I heard you just say, learning was an important part of that. Is that is that accurate? Yeah. The, uh, there was an old mentor of mine that told me, Brandon, you're going to be in the exact same spot you are one year from today except for the books you read and the people you meet. So if there's something about your life you want to change, the only way you're going to come up with the idea is to make that change or through meeting other people or reading other books. And so for the listeners, Brandon's not only the co-founder or the founder of Go Brand Go, but also he's an adjunct professor at Washington University there in St. Louis, which is a very highly respected institution um, in the area of education. So uh, Brandon is on it, so to speak, but we're not going to go there. Where I want to go next is back to Conflux in the Learning Center. Just bring us up to what you shared in the previous part one, a little bit of background, and then let's go a little deeper on why Conflux. Thanks, Keith. So we've, uh, the Conflux is a co nation's first co-learning center for manufacturing and distribution. And the reason we've launched this is our marketing firm, Go Rango, works exclusively with manufacturing and distribution companies. And what we found is that whenever we got our clients together in the same room, 
they would set up all these fantastic ideas and they all had the exact same challenges. But what was interesting is that when they were in their industry association groups, they were in a room with their competitors. And so they didn't share as much, but you put them in a room with other manufacturing distributors who are in different industries. And suddenly now they all have the exact same problems, but they're willing to be vulnerable and share a lot more. So one, we saw that factor Two, There were a lot of companies that we would talk to that didn't really need marketing help, but they needed, they had other issues they were trying to solve. We'd network with them and they'd say, well, who solved these problems? And we'd say, we don't, we, we, we don't really know. We don't really know where to send you, Well, you don't have a marketing issue. You've got operations issues, systems issues, ERP issues, I don't know, manufacturing issues, equipment issues, financing issues. And so we, what we do is just introduce them to other manufacturing distributors of ours that were clients. And they'd come back and say, oh my gosh, I learned so much from them. And so this this this, this concept was happening and my business partner and I said, hey, what if, we, what if there was a space for these manufacturers and distributors to come together and just talk and have a lot of peer-to-peer learning but also have it be some curated learning experiences for them as well. So we percolated on this idea for a while. Eventually, we came across this old school building in St. Louis City. And this school building, I think I mentioned in the last podcast, was originally built in 1873 to to teach and educate the children of immigrant families who were mainly working in manufacturing in St. Louis, building what was back then the ironclad ships that sailed up and down the Mississippi River. And so this school uh, had been uh, vacant. And uh, like I said, it's the oldest real still standing St. Louis City Public School. And we thought, hey, what if we brought this back to life and bring it back to life, built and launched a nonprofit to service the manufacturing distribution industry? Now, don't get me wrong. The more we believe that a rising tide raises all ships, right? So what we thought is our, our thesis is, hey, if there's more manufacturing distributors, distribution companies doing well, that's more jobs, that's healthier communities. As these companies grow, of course, they're going to need some marketing help as well as a lot of other help. And if we could be a part of that ecosystem, obviously, Go Brand Go will benefit from that, right? But it's much more about a healthy ecosystem than it is about just trying to figure out how to make our claim. And so our thought is, how do we raise the health of the ecosystem, the manufacturing distribution here in the Midwest? And then once that has raised raised that ecosystem, it helps out all these other industries around. And so, Brandon, when you first, uh, before you started this, we had a dialogue and then we caught up not too long ago. This concept came out of uh, your vision, but also out of the prosperity of Go Brand Go. And so talk a little bit to the listeners who have very successful companies. And um, you were very kind to share um, your success was more than just your personal wealth building and so on, but you really wanted to multiply that. Where does that come from within you? And talk a little bit about your core purpose to our audience. Yeah, so my, my core purpose is to be a spark that ignites change. And I see living that out on a daily basis of how am I igniting change for others? And also how am I igniting change for myself and making those making those changes and challenging myself? And so what I saw is that in my life, there were mentors and people uh, that came into my life and helped me envision a different reality that I could create for myself. And these people gave me all these lessons learned and anecdotes. And but there were people that were willing to say, hey, I let me help out. Let me show you. Let me provide a resource. And when we looked at the companies and the people that I want to model myself after, it's the people that are looking much further beyond what can they get out of something. Mm-hmm. And they look at a challenge and say, how do I help a whole bunch of people? 
And that I mentioned a saying by Zig Ziglar earlier, and it's one that still sticks with me today. Um, I'm going to give you a different one, though. And this saying is, you can have everything in life you want if you just help enough other people get what they want. Right. I'll say it again. You can have everything in life you want if you just help enough other people get what they want. And so as that, that's something that I truly in my gut believe. And so I believe that the more people I serve and the more people I help, the more I'll be able to accomplish whatever it is I'm trying to accomplish. And so I've set my vision on how can I multiply helping other people? And we've anchored heavily in this manufacturing distribution space. But how can I help more people? Because the more people I help, the more the more I'll be able to accomplish what I want. And so for any uh, manufacturing distribution company uh, leaders listening in, um, is Conflux open to anyone in the U.S., Canada, worldwide? Uh, what's the invitation there and what's your URL they could check it out? The URL is confluxcolearning.org. Again, it's confluxcolearning.org. It is a 501, true 501c3 profit, uh, mm -hmm. not the profit. Now, it is being funded solely by GoBrand Go uh, mm -hmm. as it gets up and going. And then once it has the, uh, its revenue model, which is delivering, curating content and connections with workshops and seminars and use of space and whatnot, it will start to stand up on its own. But until then, GoBrand Go is funding it. And actually, my business partner and I are funding it. And so this is open. Theoretically, it is open to anybody in the globe. Uh, we do see that we will be having digital content I think the majority of content and value will probably be more for companies in the Midwest who can right. utilize, like, like we have a lot of clients who hold national sales meetings and they'll spend upwards of 60 to $80,000 to go rent a space and be able to put on production, everything else, just for a national sales meeting of 30 to 50 people. Well, now what we want to be able to do is say, hey, wipe that entire expense out, pay a small membership fee per month, and then come use this state-of-the-art, really nice space and bring your national sales meeting here. We have a hotel right down the street. We have big, big event space, as well as small breakout rooms with Zoom capabilities. So bring your national sales meeting here and let's deliver a really cool experience. And so that's our concept. That's the revenue model is to put on content uh, and content is delivered in the form of subject matter experts, as well as peer-to-peer -peer learning but then also utilize the space concept to deliver that value. And Brandon, what I uh, what I love about what you're doing is you have integrated your life purpose with your business purpose, with your legacy purpose. And that's pretty rare as I've had the uh, privilege of being on all six continents, talk to many coaches and CEOs. So I want to uh, compliment you on that, my friend. Thank you. Uh that means a lot. Thank you. Okay. Uh, Brandon Dempsey, founder of Go Brand Go, adjunct professor at Washington University, co-founder of the Conflux Learning Center in St. Louis. Brandon, thanks for joining us. Appreciate you. Thank you for listening to the podcast today. If you'd like to hear more from our premium coaches, faculty thought leaders, and guest speakers, subscribe to our channel on iTunes or Spotify. Your feedback is very important to us. So please leave us a review. See you next time, and remember, making a difference together, that's Gravitas Impact.